Hey, are you a business owner, entrepreneur, or professional? If so, we want you to apply to be a featured guest on our show. My name is Adam Torres, and I host the Mission Matters series of podcasts. I've recorded over 3,000 episodes, and we are just getting started. How do you know if you'd be a good guest to be on the show? Well, only one way to find out, and that's to apply, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We want guests that have a story to tell, guests with a brand, a product, or a service that can benefit my audience of listeners. If this sounds like you, go to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. I'd love to talk to you and get to know more about your story. Again, head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, now let's get into the show. Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today I have Jason Shup on the line, and he is president of Ferguson Roofing Company. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. So if you've been watching this show for a long time, then you know this is one of my favorite episodes. It's when we announce a brand new Mission Matters author into our community. So first off, um, again, if you haven't seen this show before, so part of what we do at Mission Matters is we scour the country. Heck, we scour the earth. We publish people in Italy. We publish people and I'm probably forgetting at this point, but we we publish a lot of people, many countries. And uh, our idea is and what we're looking looking for is we're looking for top authors that have a great story that they that we feel is appropriate to publish and to tell. And we're not going to give all of the spoilers today because when this book does come out later this year, we want you to pick it up. But the first thing is we just wanted to introduce um, our brand new author, Jason, to our community. So first off, Jason, just want to say congrats on being selected for the new book. No, I appreciate that. It's an honor and a privilege to to. Uh, share part of my story with with the readers. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So um, just to um, tee it up, and I'll get into a little later in the interview, some of the reasons why I felt it was like important to, to print your story and to publish it. Um, maybe just to start off, give us a little bit of background of, uh, of your um, history as a business owner and, and, and the family business. Well, we are a, a third generation business. Uh, so my, my grandfather started it uh, many, many uh, decades ago, and then my father was the second generation, and, and now I'm the, the third generation uh, owner and operator of the business. And it was a reluctant start. I, I didn't think I'd be a part of the family business, uh, but a lot of life circumstances brought me here, and I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that I've had that opportunity. Uh, but it's been an interesting journey, which family businesses, and they're, they're well well-documented uh, stories about family businesses. And mm. it's been a very interesting journey, very positive in, in most ways. Uh, there's been challenges that are oftentimes predictable family businesses, uh, not only dealing with the, the business side, which is always a, a challenge, but then the family dynamics that get mixed with that. And through, through my journey, uh, um, I've, I've learned a lot about family. I've learned a lot about business, um, what those, uh, what those terms and concepts mean and how they can be reframed. And a, a lot of my, my story that I'll be writing about is, is like my, my takeaways from my nearly two decades of, of being involved in the family business. 
All right. So I, I want to go a little bit further back and uh, maybe more further back than you're used to thinking about when you think about the family business. But uh, we're recording this in October. Holidays are coming up. You know, we're going to be going into Thanksgiving soon. I'm always curious, multifamily generation business. Like what was it like around uh, around the holidays and, you know, Thanksgiving in this with all these business owners when growing up as a kid? Because I feel like uh, so my dad was a business owner growing up. I feel like if you had entrepreneur parents or grandparents, like the conversations sometimes are a little bit different around the dinner table. You know, thinking back to my youth, yeah. I don't I don't recall that being a, a dominant part of the, the conversation. Uh, I had a wonderful childhood and I, I just I just don't remember that being a, a, a dominant part of, uh, of what we talked about. Mm. Um, it wasn't really in and I may just not have been uh, paying attention you know you know when you're younger you just don't really think about those those kinds of things. It wasn't really until um, I got involved with the family business that wow. I realized there's a very different tone to the holidays where a lot of it was almost a, an advisory board meeting, you know, with my with my father and and oftentimes with my mother as well uh, and, and siblings at times too, um, talking about the business. It was a, it was a chance for my, my my father in particular to catch up with what's going on, yeah. you know, while we were uh, you know unwrapping gifts or or you know cutting turkey or, or whatever it may be. But I, I don't recall a whole lot when I was younger with that with that dominating the conversation. I should I should ask my parents to see uh, how much they did talk about that with us to, to get an idea yeah. of how much I just didn't listen to. Doesn't that now being in the you know the driver's seat and and the fact and maybe you were sheltered from it, which is awesome. I mean, I, I or or if you have that conversation, it may it may go otherwise, and your dad might be like, I was, I was telling you things you weren't listening. Uh, but either way, now that you're in the driver's seat, doesn't it amaze you like how the other generations kind of manage that, manage the business, manage the family? Now that you're in that position as a business owner, it. Uh, most definitely. It, it, yeah. It's interesting. I, I have a, a a son who's nearly eight. And one of the things that I've learned th- from my, my colleagues is be very cognizant of how you talk about the business around, you know, the, your, your children, because that's going to really leave an impression on on what they think about family business. So if you come home grumbling uh, about things, they're going to take that away, which will not only uh, affect their possible impressions if they ever want to get involved with the business, but just about business in general. So um, I'm, I'm very conscious about the conversations I have with my wife about the business and what I want my son to hear or not hear so that I, I don't um, leave unfavorable impressions. Uh, but at the same time, use this as an opportunity to talk about the, the uh, positive elements of business and a family business. So um, you just have to be mindful of your audience when they're impressionable. <laughs> Yeah, on many things, but I think I and what I wanted to get out of you is exactly what I did was it's an interesting take when you're in a multi-generation business and we don't always talk about that. And if you just look at what's going on in the country overall with our population aging and a lot of small business owners in the Midwest or just really everywhere in the country, really, um, where where they may you know be thinking about what's next for their business. Are they going to sell it or is or one of their heirs or they got their kids? Are they going to run the business or like what does that look? like next um all this planning and everything else that's why i want to bring it up because i know i know we also have some younger viewers right now that are probably like you know my, my parents want me to take over the business they want to do this and maybe i don't want to or i do and they're in the middle of those things so love the context there um yes, yes. Was, you have to be i was just saying you have to be you have to be conscious of of legacy you know early on 
Uh, so that's uh, uh, again something that I'm I'm better equipped now going forward. I'm I'm, I'm sure my father did his portion of of, of that. Um, I just I just don't recall the 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 holidays uh, uh, conversations. I I definitely recall the conversations when I was you know working at at the business. You know my uh, in my youth, you know, so we had a, a lot of experiences from that. Just wasn't just wasn't at the table a lot when I was younger. It's awesome. So um, tell us a little bit more about the company. So uh, I don't want I don't want to glance over that. So tell us a little bit more about um, Ferguson Roofing. Well, we are a full service commercial and residential roofing company. That's our our primary service. You know, that's that's because it's that's our name. That's what's been branded in the in, in our community. But we do other services around homes or buildings, such as you know, siding, guttering, uh, masonry, and tuck pointing. So we we really try and uh, take care of a lot of the exterior uh, of the structures for our customers. Um, we are we're really well known for our our warranties. Uh, we we led the industry in in the length of time that we warranty our our, our projects, and that uh, that gives us these these long relationships with our, our customers where we'll be um, you know servicing them for many many years mm-hmm. and that's that's what's allowed us to work with multiple generations of our customers yeah. uh, you know for instance on a lot of our roofs we have a 15 year service warranty that's one five years which is pretty staggering for for the, the service and product we're providing so yeah. when we get back on a roof 14 or 15 years later that's that's uh, an amazing connection with your customers. When you know these are our projects that don't oftentimes flip for fifteen or twenty years, but wow. st- to still stay connected with them, and then do their roof again, or by that time there's a chance that you know the next generation lives in the house, and yeah. then so now we get connected to that generation. So that that type of uh, long time connectivity with our customer base uh, and 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 proven history of backing what we do, and that we're a stable, solvent business, has has been one of the one of the main, you know, uh, branding components of our of our business with the community, um, and and that that has really been infused in our culture with our our people just really take it personally that they yeah. want to service their their customers, um, and they just respect the legacy uh, that we have with our our customers for so many years. Um, so uh, yes, yeah, so we have really good people, and we really yeah. try and take care of our customer base. One, one quick thing that you said there, and I, I do want to go further into the people and the culture and because that's at the root of any business, it's the people. Like I, and I want to go further into how you maintain that. But before I do, one thing you said that I don't want to assume everybody understands um, because the only reason I know is because of a personal experience a long time ago. But when you say like the legacy and of being a company that's solvent, so it's one thing to, you know, and not to, you know, badger any other companies. We're not doing that, but I just want to highlight yours. It's one thing to, um, it's one thing to write a 15 year warranty. It's another thing to actually still be there to, if something goes wrong, <laughs> get some guys and, you know, some gals out there to, on the roof to fix it. Right. Tell me a little bit more about that. Just cause I don't want to assume people understand what that means. It's, it's, it's a very good point. And, and, you know, from a, a, a competition standpoint, we've, we've, asked our customers to look into that, you know, as, as others have, have tried to match warranties that we do, we, we remind them that have they been in business long enough to actually have the, the history to support that warranty or understand the processes involved. It's not easy servicing your customers for that long. And, you know, it would be, it, it would be hard for me to think how to do that. I fortunately had two generations before me to set the, 
precedents, the business practices, the, the, the financial norms to allow for that um, uh, type of service. And it's, it is a challenge though. It's, it's something that we, we have to reevaluate every year and you know, how we, we make sure we can continue to deliver on that because that's not only a large part of our, our uh, lead generation and, and referral uh, opportunities is, is that warranty and continued customer service. But that's what, that's what most um, impacts me. If we, if we ever have a failure in our business, if, if it's in the warranty area, because that that's essentially our word that we're going to take care of it. And so that's as the owner that most impacts me. Uh, and I want to make darn sure that we're going to be able to deliver on that. And, and so I constantly have to keep the, uh, uh, the, the business strategic objectives in such a way that we can deliver on that year after year. Let's go back to the um, the concept and the idea of company culture, because not only are you um, obviously you're delivering the warranty and the things that you say through your contract, but it's also to maintain the um, the workforce and the company and, and the, the individuals that are doing the day to day work. Um, that's not I mean, that's something that's special too. like to have that in the inner the people that are interfacing, interacting with the with the customers. Tell me a little bit more about about like like how you do that. Like how'd that come about? Um, you know, I would, I would love to, to say it, it's, it's due to a really strategic recruitment process. And I think that we have good, good habits and practices in place. Uh, but honestly, I think there's a, there's a, a portion of luck in, in the sense that we, the people we bring on, we just have good fortune that they, and not only are capable individuals, but just good souls and good humans. Uh, and they they gravitate towards the the vision and mission and values of the company. And again, we 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 recruit for that as well. Uh, but we just we just have good fortune that we we can find candidates and uh, who become employees that actually can can deliver on the job task, but also um, really live those values. And we 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 work a lot on on retention and tenure. We've been we've been blessed. And, and before me, my father was was very good at this, uh, on having a lot of long term employees. Uh, and that was during a generation when it was probably a little bit easier. But we've we've even in in today's time, we still have the the good fortune of having a lot of long term tenured employees. And so we we respect and are grateful for that, and we honor that by trying to make sure we have a culture that 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 encourages them encourages them to want to stay. Uh, but that then allows, you know, allows you know these people to really continue to live the the values of of the business and and express that to our customer base, um, you know. But it's it's just the good fortune of, of of good people walking in the door, and we figure out uh, how to how to keep them awesome. is is just what has worked out for for many many years. So I understand that um, that philanthropy, like you're you're, you're active, um, you you believe it's a, it's an important part of small business overall. Um, I, I agree with you. I just feel like, and not just giving you know money, but time, resources, knowledge. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to be active in philanthropy. Um, tell me a little bit more about about your view on this. Uh, no, I appreciate you asking. Um, we've we've always had a a culture of of giving or being generous or whatever uh, would, would be an appropriate term, you know, and that's something that's been kind of wired in the DNA, both of the, of the bloodline and of the family. Cause my, my grandfather uh, was like that. My, my father is an exceedingly generous man. 
And I, I hope these are some things that I was able to take from him. Uh, and now that uh, I have opportunity to do something in the philanthropic space, uh, being a student of business and really, really trying to learn as much uh, about business as I can, I, I gravitate towards how can we apply that to the, to the philanthropic space. And instead of just compartmentalizing philanthropy, which is oftentimes the way that it works, mm-hmm. but actually trying to build it into the strategic objectives of the business. And then ultimately kind of getting back to the, the, the employee side, how do we use that to as a recruitment tool so that we can get people who want to make an impact on society? Because if they're wired to do that, they're going to want to make an impact on their on, on the customers that we're servicing. So how, how are we able to better formalize uh, a philanthropic strategy? And that's what I've been working on the last few years. My my implementation is still uh, a work in progress. My my intentions, uh, let's just say my efforts haven't caught up with my vision yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm, I'm really passionate about that because small businesses make up, you know, the majority of businesses, you know, in, in the United States. And if even though individually we can't match the the volunteer hours or the money spent that larger corporations can do these fortune 500 or fortune 1000. If you yeah. aggregate all the small business efforts, then we can far and exceed that. And I, I don't think the small business space appreciates how much we can move the needle. If we just figure out how to have that be a part of our business practice, rather than a, a side piece that you think about doing when, when you're not paying attention to your own business. I mean, I really think that we can we can make philanthropy and doing business go hand in hand successfully that won't exhaust the limited resources a small business does both on the human resource side and on the on the, the, the net profit dollars that you can you can give up as well. So that's really my goal is to try and get that playbook established, not just for my own business, but to be a example of what others can do uh, to really tie small business and and philanthropic structure together. Yeah, I see that. And and in my end, I, I, I think as small businesses, it's one of those things like I, exactly like you said. So uh, together, we're, we're pretty strong, like a lot of people, a lot of resources, a lot of cumulative knowledge to where we can get a lot done. Um, and the more people that are out there like yourself, um, trying to figure it out, trying to bring people together, leading these efforts, um, in my opinion, the better. It just works. Yeah, I was I was looking at at, at one point I, I introduced volunteer time off as a benefit to the business a few years back. It hasn't been realized as well as I hope because that's that's it's not the people, but again, you have to work in these habits, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into the culture, and people have to get used to being not at work and still getting paid to go do something they're passionate about. <laughs> so it's it's a process. But at the time, with our employee count when I first introduced it, uh, and the number of hours that that were were granted, it would have been the equivalent if I would have basically had someone take six months you know, uh, off of work and dedicate full time to doing philanthropy. Wow. And if you think about that, that's, and, and of course this would have been, would have been spread out over little, little dollops of hours, you know, yeah. you know, between multiple employees over the year, but it would have aggregated to like six months. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking if I actually was just suddenly available to do nothing but philanthropy for six months, how much I could do. Uh, wow. And I'm just one small organization. And yeah. again, if if all these other small businesses just had something like that, uh, just the amount of of person hours mm-hmm. uh, to to move the needle is is staggering. Yeah, absolutely. So those are the types of things that excite me. 
That excites me as well. And I remember working for an organization that had that. And I haven't thought about this in years now that, that when you said that, it just it just popped in my head. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we, I used to do a I think it was like eight hours, may have been 16 hours a year that they would give us. And we basically take a day off. And it's great um, team building exercise as well. In this particular organization, we would all go and we volunteer together at um, many different places, whether it was, uh, you know, um, uh, a shelter or something like that. We got uh, through the years. We did quite a few different ones. But I remember that being something that also just as the organization, like it kind of brought us together. It was awesome for team building as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I don't want to, when I ask you this, Jason, number two things. So for everybody watching this, um, the Jason's writing may evolve, number one. So we don't we don't have to have this um, hard and fast in terms of your, your the content that you're going to submit to the book because we're still, you and I are still discussing and kind of working through some things. But I want to get a flavor for what you're writing. And we can't give it to everybody. We can't give it all on this one, just so you know. So we're going to give a flavor. We're going to dance around. We're going to get you excited. Why? Because the book's coming. Coming out, we want you to buy the book, and I'll bring Jason back on the show after the book is is published, so that we can do another uh, chat. Um, but what are your plans for your writing? Uh, ultimately, the the umbrella theme is the concept of stewardship, which is really just taking care of of something, you know, somebody, an organization. Uh, it really can be applied in a lot of different ways. And my my particular journey uh, has has shaped how I look at that concept uh, and, and not just how it's applied, but really how long it's applied, you know, being part of a, a generational business has really uh, allowed me to think not only backwards on how, how we've come to be as an organization and a family and, and how that's affected who I am today, mm-hmm. but through my, my journey in the last, you know, nearly the last, you know, two decades in the business, mm-hmm. how I look at the future generations um, and my my general perspective of time is 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 much longer because of just my generational experience. I mean, I I, I have to think the next day, the next week, and next month and quarter like every other business owner. But generationally, generationally thinking uh, just becomes wired into you because that's just a part of a legacy business. And and so I I am taking that that experience I've had and applying it to stewardship and and what my lessons have been on what it means to to take care of of the organization and take care of people and the community at large uh, all, all framed under the umbrella of of stewardship all right so i'll just let you know i have 50 more questions for you but we're going to cut it there because i'm not giving all of you all the content on this one this is what you call a cliffhanger um we're because this book will be coming out and don't worry everybody that's been watching this show for a long time everyone will know when this comes out uh so jason um first off just want to say again congratulations for being selected for our next edition um volume six of our business leaders edition so you're joining a, a wonderful amazing group of of authors that um, that are all um, very mission um, based and and really just all stars and coming together. So welcoming you again to the community. So thank you for that. Um, I appreciate it. And then uh, next thing, if somebody wants to follow your journey, they want to learn more about obviously Ferguson Roofing or just connect with you in general. I mean, what's the best way for um, for viewers to to follow up? Uh, I would say the best way at this point is is email. Uh, I must be old school and that I'm not dropping a Twitter handle or something like that. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean but, you have LinkedIn too? Come on. <laughs> well, LinkedIn, yes. 
uh, LinkedIn is is uh, finding me on LinkedIn is a is a decent way from from the social channels yeah. uh, to contact me for sure. Uh, that's the one that I that I pay attention to the most personally. Uh, and then the other is is uh, email, of course, because I have to uh, have to stare at those all day long, like many of us, <laughs> you know. And that's that's J Shup, my first initial and last name, J Shup at fergusonroofing.com. Uh, is a great way to contact me or through LinkedIn, uh, as Adam mentioned. And uh, I'm happy to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm responsive with both. So I'll, I'll, I'll connect directly. Awesome. Well, Jason, uh, again, thank you for coming on the show today. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I uh, hope you got a lot of value out of this. Hope you learned a lot. Um, I hope I know I did. So if you did, uh, especially if you're a first time uh, listener or visitor, if this is your first time with us, hit that subscribe button. We have many, many more uh, mission-based uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives coming on the line. They all come here, share their knowledge, share their time with us both. And I'd love for you to benefit from that. So stick with us and hit that subscribe button. And uh, Jason, I'm excited to see that draft and to read it and to, and to <laughs> dig into your content and to get you published. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks a lot. I appreciate everything.